Well, we've been studying, uh, well, now, no, the Lord checked me on that. I needed to say that. I started to say something, then I thought, no, I'm not going to say it. And then I thought, and then I, yeah. so anyway, but I'm supposed to say this before I get started. But, you know, in Colossians there, that in, I think it's in the first chapter where it says that Paul prayed that I might be filled with the knowledge of your will. What God's been putting in my heart lately, and I've been praying, is that we be filled up with the knowledge of His will. Not just, you know, some people try to make decisions and try to do things, and they think, you know, I, I kind of feel led. I, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. And like Kevin, I, I thought, or Annie, was it Annie that night? Well, I, I'm going to run over here, and I know, well, maybe I'm supposed to do this. You know, I thought that was a great example, you know, running back and forth. And that's not how we're supposed to be as things. Well, I kind of have a leading. I think that, no. We are supposed to be filled up with the knowledge of His will, with it running over. I'm telling you, when I, and and Pastor and I, when we moved to Alabama, we didn't think. Well, we think we might ought to go to Alabama. We think we were filled up with the knowledge of His will that we were supposed to be here. Now it took us a while to get to that place, but before we left, we were filled up with the knowledge of His will, and that's what you're supposed to be is filled up to the overflowing with the knowledge of His will. Amen. Start praying that for yourself. Amen. Now that was for somebody probably. Maybe all of you. So now let's talk about prosperity. We've been in a study on prosperity and I don't. I feel impressed of the Spirit to, not to review tonight. So uh, if you haven't been here, I'll just catch you up this much. Is We've been studying how God wants us as the body of Christ to have extreme prosperity. Not just enough to get by, not just barely getting our needs met, but lavishness, extravagance, overflow, abundance to an extreme. And that God wants to prosper us in a dimension that we have not understood before. And so is everybody caught up now? That caught you totally up, didn't it? And so based on, then we went in and we studied, and we did that for a week where we studied and looked at all the words. Remember looking up the word treasury and all those words. And then we came in and we studied all the, the arguments against the, the prosperity message. We, we, and we refuted the arguments that people raise against prosperity. And uh, then uh, we've studied, uh, we studied the, uh, well, I guess that was it, the arguments. Now we're to motives. Anyway, and we're going to talk tonight about motives for prosperity. And we have to have the right motives. So we ask ourselves the question now, well, what are our motives? Well, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm sure, I'm just, nearly, I'm just nearly positive that your motives are right. But all of us need to just take a, a, a little checkup every once in a while. And one thing for sure we're going to learn tonight is we've got to keep a constant guard on our motives. Because you know you can get your heart off a little bit just real easy. Have you ever done that? Have you ever noticed like, oh, you know, my heart's just a little different than it used to be? And so God wants us to keep a constant check on our heart. And you know, you men, I know you guys, uh, us women aren't this good at stuff like this, but you men in the cars, you're always checking those gauges. You're always looking at the gauges and seeing, and I see, I don't even know what most of the gauges mean, you know. Uh, but you, you know, and y'all like it, you know, you like those gauges and, and you're saying, you know, well, the oil pressure and the, uh, I don't know what else, I don't even know what else is there, you know, or is, is the battery charging those gauges and you know, you're just driving down the road, just always checking those gauges. Well, that's God, God wants us to be, you know, in our spiritual life where we're always checking gauges and checking our motives. Amen. So we're going to give ourselves a little checkup tonight. Here's some of the motives that people have for prospering. Some of them good and some of them bad. And I'm going to let you tell me which way. To impress family and friends. Would that be a good motive for prospering? 
No, okay. To sit back and enjoy a life of luxury. The answer to that is no. <laughs> to sit back, God, to sit back and enjoy. Think about it now. To sit back and enjoy. A, I didn't say to enjoy a life of luxury. I said to sit back and enjoy a life of luxury. Okay, okay. Well, okay. To retire early and travel the world. No. Somebody said yes. <laughs> no. The answer is no. Okay. We need this class bad. <laughs> to to get out of debt and live a comfortable life. No. No. <laughs> now, see, these are partial truths. Just to make you comfortable? Do you think that's what God wants to prosper you for? No? Okay. So you won't have to use your faith. Now, y'all think that's funny, but this girl right there has been there. It's like, I want us to get enough money so I don't have to believe for anything. I have been there. I have been there. It's like it was my goal in life to finally get to the point where I wasn't going to have to believe and use my faith. I've been there before. I'm not there now. I found out because I had a wrong concept of faith. I found out the faith life is fun. And I found out that you always are going to have to live by faith. I don't care how much money you have in the bank. God wants you living by faith. He wants you believing. He's going to have you believing for something. Amen? Okay, so that's not good. To give money to your local church in the work of the gospel. Praise God. I'm glad nobody said no about that one. To bring glory to God and demonstrate His goodness to others. Amen. Amen. Now see the difference between to impress family and friends and the other one to bring glory to God and demonstrate His goodness to others? See, they nearly are the same. You see how that's nearly the same, but it's not quite the same? In one, to impress family and friends is competition. And there's no love in competition. But in the other one, to bring glory to God and demonstrate His goodness to others, there's love in that. I want you to see me prospering, so you, so, and, and I want to help you get there. I want to help you believe for it. I want to help you. I want to demonstrate to you how good God wants to be to you. And there's love in that. And there's a difference between those two, but it's a slight difference. Uh, to give to and bless others. Amen. Amen. That's good motive, isn't it? Okay. So that's all the ones. And that's not all, you know, there's other motives that we could have gone over, but that's all we're going to go to. Those that oppose the prosperity gospel do so many times because they think prosperity Christians are selfish carnal and greedy and I think sometimes Christians have given them reason to be suspicious of that don't you now not in this church of course but listen even even we you and I all of us we are suspicious of believers who are real excited about prosperity like Kevin said money cometh man they are excited about the prosperity message but they are not as excited about serving God they're suspect aren't they or they're not they're excited about the prosperity message but they're not real excited when it comes to giving to others that makes them suspect doesn't it or they are real excited and Kevin talked about this extensively about the prosperity message money cometh but they're not real interested in living holy lives Right? And you know what? This is all a contradiction. It's a contradiction. Amen? If you are carnal before God prospers you, you will be afterwards. 
That's why God is working on our character. He lots of times before He starts really prospering us, He works on our character a bunch. I, I laughed at Kevin and Annie because they were talking about going to Ramah. And they said, you know, and it's true. If you think about a lot of the ministers that have tremendous ministries now were once in Raymond Singers and Band and traveled with Brother Hagin. Not all of them, but a lot of them did. And most of those people go on to be great ministers. But he, they said it's not because of the impartation of anointing that they got from Brother Hagin, although they did get impartation of anointing from Brother Hagin. They said it was because of all the character they got from traveling with them. I mean, you know, we think. They said sometimes they would go home at night and they would go, I have had character. Because they said it was a joke among the Ramah singers and band. It's like when something went wrong, it was like, well, this builds our character. And so that was a big joke to all of them. So it's like, well, you know, if something goes wrong, well, that's building your character. And she said sometimes we'd go home at night and said, we have had character up to here. We can't, we don't want any more character. Kevin would say it. I'd say, God, we don't need character. We need cash and we need it now. <laughs> but God always likes to work on our character before he gets us into prosperity. Because if we're carnal before we start prospering, we'll be carnal after we start prospering. But guess what? But pastor teaches this. Money multiplies. So if you're obnoxious, you'll be thousand times more obnoxious. If you're mean and grippy and grouchy, you'll be a thousand times more with prosperity because money will magnify our bad character. And so God deals with our character. And so he starts working on integrity. And Kevin taught on that, so I won't go into that in detail. And faithfulness. In faithfulness. And faithfulness. And faithfulness. And a willingness to serve. And being diligent to keep our word. Even swearing to our own hurt. You know about that, right? That means doing what you said you would do, even when it's, oh, all of a sudden it's not best for me anymore. But I said I would, and so I do. That's a, that's a good word for us. And being generous with what we have now. See, if we're stingy when we've just got $10 in our pocket and we're clutching to keep that, and man, we are just, you know, we're fearful. If we're fearful and we can't let it go, if you're fearful when you got 10 in your pocket, you'll be fearful when you got 10 million in your pocket. And a lot of people are very, have a lot of money and they're very fearful about it. And so getting rid of that fear and getting generous and getting liberal, amen, and also taking care of what you have now. You know God always works on that. Are you going to take care of that, what you have now, so that I can give you better? And consistency. See, lots and lots and lots and lots of Christians in the body of Christ, are they're hit and miss. You know, they're on again, off again. Here a little, there a little. Hit and miss, hit and miss, hit and miss, hit and miss, hit and miss. I mean, it's worse than a car that's missing. You know, it just sputters. They just, their lives are just one big sputter. Just, you know, not no consistency. And God's proven to see whether you're in this for the long haul. And if you're the over and beyond type. Amen? So, so here's some things God's working on in our lives. Some people get shipwrecked in their faith 
because they jump on the prosperity bandwagon without taking a good look at their heart. God's number one concern is the condition of your heart. Amen? That's His number one concern. Now, you know, people, like we've talked before, somebody might come in here for one service and when we're all jumping and shouting and, and running the aisles and praise God and we're singing, uh, you know, some prosperity song and we're, you know, and they might come in here and say, man, that's all they do is talk about prosperity. But you don't have to be here very long to find out that pastor and I don't preach sloppy grace or, uh, you know, greasy grace or whatever they call it. <laughs> sloppy agape. It? Sloppy agape or greasy grace. I mean, you know, we don't preach like that, so I don't think I have to... In fact, what I prayed tonight was God buying mercy and truth about my neck. So I... See, if y'all thought I was going to preach... Y'all thought I preached hard, God bound this up with mercy. Y'all should have seen what it would have been like before, you know. Uh, but you are ready to prosper if, number one, you have a solid relationship with Jesus Christ. You know what? You need to know you're saved. You need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt you're saved. Amen? And more than that, we need to know who we are in Christ, and we need to be established in that, don't we? We need to have a solid relationship where we're not walking around with a lot of guilt and condemnation all the time. We've learned to deal with guilt. We know where it comes from. We know that's not our God. We've proven and studied the character of God. And the second thing, we have to have a we need we're ready to prosper if we have a life built upon the word of God. We need our life built upon the Word of God. If you don't have a strong anchor in the Word of God, and I'm not talking about you, you, you need to know you're saved and have a strong anchor in that, but you need to have a strong anchor of who you are in Christ, a strong anchor of, of prosperity and healing. And, and, you know, just the fundamentals of faith, getting yourself rooted and grounded is what the Word calls it. Rooted and grounded. You've got a strong foundation. You'll be ready to prosper when you have that. Number three, you need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. The main reason for that is so that you can talk to and hear God. Now you can talk to Him without talking in tongues, but the devil intercepts what you say. And when you speak in tongues, the Bible says you speak to God and, and no, you, no one understands it. And you speak mysteries. And if you're ever going to pray out and get into a, uh, that, that dimension of prosperity like we're talking about, you know, I'm talking about a larger dimension of prosperity than we have talked, to, than we used to believe. You know, and uh, remember how we used to believe: prosperity is uh, my needs met and plenty of left over to give joyfully to others. See, and we found out prosperity was so much more than that. Amen. But that's where we started out believing. And so, but prosperity, what God wants to prosper you with is so much more than that. So much more. And so you need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost so you can speak in tongues. And so God can talk to you. Now, I'm not saying He can't talk to other Christians, but I, I just, from personal experience, I never heard Him until I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Not one time, and I was saved a lot of years. Not one time did I ever, now I'm sure that in an indirect way He was leading me and, and He did all sorts of things for me before I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. But to actually say, I knew God said something to me, I never did until I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. And so you'll hear God. Number four, Jesus needs to be Lord. Not just in theory, but in reality. That's talking about a heart that's totally committed and sold out. A lot of people call Jesus Savior, but not everybody's made Him Lord of their lives. 
Uh, number five, have a heart for God's people. You're ready to prosper when you have a heart for God's people. You say, well, all Christians just automatically have this. Well, I've seen a lot of Christians that didn't love God's people. And I was chief. I was saved and going to heaven, knew I was going to heaven. But till I got baptized, that's one thing baptism of the Holy Ghost did for me, is that's when I started loving people. Is when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. So much so that they noticed it at the Baptist church. I, don't, I must have not been loving at all, you know. But anyway, they noticed, like, she's nice now. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyway, we need to be a lover, a forgiver, and a blesser. And we're ready to prosper when we're a lover of God's people, a forgiver of God's people, and a blesser. Did you know you are going to have to do a lot of forgiving in your life? A lot of forgiving. All of us do. You're going to have to, in, for, to forgive people when they intentionally hurt you and when they unintentionally hurt you. Amen. You're going to have to do a lot of forgiving. And if you're not ready to forgive, you're not ready to prosper. Amen? Amen. And, uh, and then ready to be a blesser. Ready to be a blessing. You're not ready if you're if you're one of those that's hanging on to it. And one day when God prospers me, I'm going to start being a blessing to people. You'll never get there. You'll never get there. You got to start blessing when you got five dollars. When you got ten dollars, you got to start being a blessing. Start being a blessing. There's always something to give. It may be that you bake a cake. It may be that you don't have anything. It may be you look around your house and say, God, what is in this house that I can sow? But you are, a, you are a blesser and you are looking away to be a blessing. You may be just offering to babysit their kids. You may be just, because you, you don't have any money. But you're doing, you are a blesser. You are a blesser to the body of Christ. Doing good to those that are of the household of faith. Doing it spontaneously spontaneously doing it by direction of the holy spirit and not being you're going to have if you really want to prosper you're going to have to get over this uh uh well you know i i feel led to give them ten dollars but i just don't know what they would think and you got your mind on you you are selfish and you've got your mind on you when you are when you're and i've been there so i can say this when god told me to give something and to somebody and i thought oh god what will they think you know and it's just ten dollars and if i had more to give i'd give it and you know but, you know, Colin started the story Sunday night, I mean Sunday morning, about the Kenneth Copeland putting the pencil. Remember, he started that Sunday morning. But the, oh, the end of that story is before he left the building that a woman walked up and handed him $10. He sewed a pencil that somebody gave him because it was all he had. And somebody gave him $10. Amen. Praise God. So you'll be ready to prosper when you're all of that. we got to be sold out to Jesus Christ and the gospel so that if there were no such thing as the prosperity gospel, so much, so, so sold out, that if there was no such thing as the prosperity gospel and you knew you were going to have to live on breadcrumbs the rest of your life, you would still be faithful, committed, and diligent. Amen. Amen. Now you're ready to prosper. And that's how you, you know what? I know I'm that way. Because I done proved it. I done served him and been faithful and diligent when there wasn't. There was a little more than breadcrumbs, but there wasn't much. 
I've already been there. I've already sold stuff in garage sales just to pay the bills. And just kept serving him. And kept believing him. Amen? And you are too. You are too. You would too. But now, you know, some Christians take that to a fault and they get into unbelief with that and start praying, oh God, you know, don't, you don't have to give me much. I'll just love you no matter what you give me. Well, then you get over there in unbelief. You know, so you gotta, you gotta have that heart, but don't pray that unbelief, okay? Okay. So we ask ourselves, we gotta ask ourselves, what do we love? We're checking our motives tonight. And in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, and y'all know this scripture. What do we love? It says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Amen. Turn over to Matthew chapter 22. Can y'all go fast tonight? Are y'all ready to play Bible drill? Matthew 22, verse 37. You know, I hope that, you know, some, Satan has a way sometimes of twisting these things on us and making us fearful that we don't have right motives. I hope tonight that as much as you do a checkup and you say, well, you know, maybe my motive needs to be a little purer there or whatever, um, I hope that you will find out, you know, I have the right motives. I've got the right motives for prospering. I am ready to prosper. Amen. Matthew 22, verse 37. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Now, do you see there that um, he added one there? Did y'all see that? It was one more than Deuteronomy. With all thy, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. No, that's the same. It's the next one that he adds one. Mark 12, 30. I, I, I'm ahead of myself. but Mark 12, verse 30. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And then go to Luke 10, 27. And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind. And look at this, he adds another one. And thy neighbor as thyself. So every, every gospel, the first gospel, he starts out just quoting Deuteronomy. He adds one in Mark, and he adds another one in Luke. God is to be all-consuming. God's to be first place. He's, he's to be our first love. Amen? Did you know, really, um, it, God's not really all-consuming in a lot of Christians' lives. All-consuming. They're, they're, we're to be consumed with God. Loving Him with all. All our heart. All our soul. All our strength, all our might, not just, uh, well, you know, passively. Loving Him with all of us, all-consuming. Like Proverbs says, nothing I desire compares with Him. Nothing I desire compares with Him. Amen? And when you love Him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your might, and your neighbor as yourself, and it's all-consuming, and nothing you desire compares with him, there ain't nothing you have that means nothing. I mean, you enjoy it, you love it, you're proud, you're blessed. Oh, thank you, Father. You're so good to me. You gave it to me. But if he says, give that away, you're walking through your house one day, and you see something in your house, and it's, you know, some china cup or something, he says, give that to your neighbor. It's like, sure, fine. 
And we need to be like that where there is nothing we have that's not God's. We don't know He gave it to us. Nothing. Nothing. You say, well, yeah, but the, the ring that my grandmother gave him. Oh, yeah, you love that more than God, huh? My grandmother gave me. No, 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 not more than God. No, if he said give it. And, we, and I have done this many times when I walk through my house and give my heart a little check. Just walk through my house, just looking at stuff and saying, okay, if he said give that, could I give it? Yeah, I could, okay. And then just looking at, walk over here and look at this. If he said give that, could I give it? There's nothing sacred in our house except this guy and my kids. I'm not giving them away. But I'm, if God told me to give that little white dog away, it's not sacred. <laughs> and some days it's even less sacred than others. <laughs> I mean, but there is nothing, nothing. Now, and I'm not talking, God's not going to ask you to give a car that's not paid for away. He, but He might ask you to give one that is. You know, a lot of things, some people want to get in the boat with Kenneth Copeland. And they want to say, you know, I'm believing God for a paid-for car. Somebody's just going to give me a car. He's given like 16 away, I think. You've got to sow those things if you want those things, okay? Amen? I mean, I'm talking, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. But just nothing, nothing, just nothing. Just having that attitude about, no, it don't mean nothing. Not, not having a like, well, I'll give these old clothes away, but that new dress, I wouldn't give it away if God said. That's probably the one he's going to want you to give. And you know what? That's probably the one you ought to want to give too because when you sow old ones, you reap old ones. When you sow new ones, you reap new ones. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just nothing. Nothing. And you know what? You say, well, Debbie, you know, but I tell you, I've wrestled with God. I told y'all about a year ago when I was uh, somewhere. I think it was at Kenneth Copeland's meeting last year. I had this little necklace. I mean, it was just cheap costume jewelry. You would thought it was a... But I had this new necklace and these new earrings. And I, had, I just had unction. I was supposed to give it away. And I fought God over that like it was... Uh, yeah, like it had that. I mean, it was nothing. It was nothing. And, but some, and see, when we find our heart like that, our heart's gotten off. Our heart's gotten wrong. Our heart's gotten a little tight. It's gotten a little greedy. You know what I mean? And, and you know, I like to carry money in my billfold. It's one of the most funny and funnest things I do. I like to have, I like to, really, I like to have $100 bills stuffed in the pack pocket of my billfold. I really like that. Um, it, it's really fun. I know y'all know that, though have several hundred dollar bills and you know just have that back there but it, and it was God nearly always is talks to you about that money when you have it he nearly always you know you'll be sitting there thinking oh this is my Christmas money somebody gave me this for Christmas I had to get out of that a long time ago because God was always talking to me about my birthday money or my Christmas money or my you know See, nothing I desire compares with Him. And just loving Him so much, and just, just like, oh, no, you know, amen. Praise God. Um, 
And, you know, talking about love and loving God and having our motives right, John 14, 15, y'all know what it says. He says, if you love me, you do what? Huh? Can I keep my commandments? You're right. In other words, if we love Him, we do the Word. If we love Him, we obey God. When He speaks to us and He says, give that away, give them that $100 bill, give them... I've learned to... You know what? It's gotten... I've been there when my heart kind of, you know, didn't... And I wrestled with God. But I found out it's really fun. And when you have a lack mentality and you don't know there's more where that came from. See, I this Brother Copeland's been teaching us, um, you know, how we're prosperous and we don't have to store up because we don't have any lack. We are prosperous. We are. I'm prosperous. I don't have to store money up because I don't have any lack. Think about it. Oh, gotta have this big storehouse. Gotta have it, you know. And God wants to fill your treasuries, but just gotta hang on to it. This, this, don't touch money. That's you, you, you're, you're thinking that there's lack. You're thinking there's coming a day of lack. But I'm prosperous. I don't have to store up. Because I'm so prosperous, I don't have any lack. So literally, if God said, give it all away today, I could. Because I don't have any lack. Or if, God, if I've got $50 in the bank... See, I've been reading Brother Copeland's book this week, <laughs> the first 30 years, and boy, that'll get you over there, won't it? Um, and uh, if you got $50 in the bank, and, then, and Lord, and that's what he said, he had $50 in the bank, and God told him to give Kenneth E. Hagin $50,000. He said it shocked him so much that he just couldn't say anything. You know, he just kind of meditated and prayed it until finally he got faith for it. Don't have any lack. Don't have any lack. Just a flow through. Just a flow through. Just a funnel. A funnel for God. A funnel. You know, He's never going to take it all from you. He's never going to take everything. He's never going to take it all. He's never going to... He's never going to leave you with no... with nothing. Amen. You can trust Him. Uh, Psalm 119, let's look there. Boy, I tell you, I want you to fall in love with giving. It is fun to give. It is fun to give. It is fun to give. It is more blessed to give. Amen? It is fun to give. And see, used to when God would bless me and somebody would, my, like maybe my mom or somebody would give me money for my birthday. It's like, oh, this is mine. You know, it's like, mm, you know, and you know, this is my birthday and, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to have any more till Christmas. But see, I don't feel like that anymore. It's like, oh God, if you want me to give it all, that's fine. That's great. Because, see, I don't have any. I used to, it was like, oh, I got $100. I can get me that one dress. It's like, no, God, if you want me to give it away, that'll be fine. Because all I have to do if I need a dress is ask you. And you know what? I just ask him pretty often. You know, every once in a while, you know, you just go to your closet. Like I told Kathleen, there was just nothing to wear tonight. I went to the closet. It's just like, there's nothing there. 
I mean, there's th- it's there, but men don't understand this, but women understand it. That there's just nothing there. And you just say, Father, and you don't have to strive over those things, but see, I used to, oh, I got my little hundred dollars, you know. And I just clutch it and keep it and, you know, like it'd do something. Where are we? Psalm 119, verse 14. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. See, God, here's a motive. God wants us to love his word more than we do money. God wants us to love his word more than money. Well, that's a test. You want to work overtime tonight? And I know, now I'm not getting on to some people because I know there are companies that have mandatory overtime. But you want to work overtime tonight or you want to go to Brother Pastor Webb's meeting? Well, you know, we sure could use the extra money. You can make so much more money getting a revelation or a word from the prophet or even just the pastor than you could ever make. You know? And I mean, I know that there's, you know, there's, th- there's times, there's times we ought to work overtime. So don't get in the ditch here, but we got to love his word more than we love money. Amen. And, and whatever motivates us. Sometimes I've found that the body of Christ is not as motivated by greed as they are by fear. Do you know what I mean? They're not so greedy as they are fearful. Fear and lack. If, you know, this men's advance. Take your vacation. Take your vacation. Sow a day or two of your vacation. Take a two days vacation if that's what you have to take. Take it. If you sow your vacation into God, He'll give it. He'll give you so much more. Amen. Praise God. Or if you have to even take off for no pay, just say, okay, God, now that would have been whatever I'd have made that day. Let's just say it's $100. I don't know who. I'd have made $100 that day. Well, just say you sold $100. Just sow a hundred, Just say, I sold $100 into the kingdom. Amen. God will bless you. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. See, that's all that old hymn we sing. I tell you, Pastor and I have been there. You know that old hymn we used to sing? I've proved him o'er and o'er. I don't know what the hymn was, but that just came up in my heart. I've proved him o'er and o'er. Pastor and I have just proved him o'er and o'er. Just never been without food. Just never been without a house payment. Just never been without a car payment. And I'm telling you, we've been through some lean times. We've been through some believing God times. But we've just proved him more and more. Amen. And you know what? You're never going to know how good he is until you prove him. And it doesn't matter how long you wait or how it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, you will have to go around this mountain of proving God. You can't get out of it because I tried. You know me, I didn't want to believe God for anything, I didn't want to walk by faith. Like, oh no, we're, oh God. I mean, you just don't know this woman, how fearful she was. It was just like if my kids got sick on Saturday, it's like, oh God, the doc. Of course, that was back before docking a box. 
that's what my stepsisters call it. I, so I wanted to use that on y'all. I thought it was so cute. You know, you know, you know the little, y'all know, y'all are like, duh. <laughs> you know, the little, you go down anytime, they're open all the time, that's Doc in a box. Yeah, emergency care, you know, they're Doc. And I was just like, I was afraid of everything. Afraid of being without, afraid of not having a doctor. I should have married one. So I could have had one on 24-hour call. Just afraid of everything. Afraid, afraid of lack. Afraid, afraid God wouldn't meet our need. Afraid God wouldn't come through. We can't live like that, can we? We, gotta, we can't live like that. I can't stand to live like that. So I quit. Verse 97, Psalm 119, verse 97. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Psalm 127. I mean, Psalm, verse 127, excuse me. Verse 127. Hmm, where am I? Therefore, I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. I love your word, God, more than money, more than gold, more than fine gold, more than jewelry. I love your word. Praise God. Uh, verse 162. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. Do you get as excited over the word of God as you do over money, over payday? Payday is one of my favorite days, isn't it, y'all? Hey, there's not anything wrong with enjoying finances, enjoying money, enjoying abundance, but we love God more. We love his word more. Amen. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9. I love prosperity. I love prosperity. I don't love it more than God. I don't love it more than His Word. But it's fun to prosper. I've had no money in my billfold. I've had money in it. Having money in it's more fun. Amen? And it, God, God's for it. He, he's, in, he's for it. Thank you, Jesus. But He's not for money having a hold of our heart. Whether it's for fear or for greed, He doesn't want it having a hold of us. He wants us to trust Him, and He wants us to love Him more. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9. But they that will be rich, excuse me, fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition for the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows now we've talked about this verse extensively in the last few weeks but let's talk about the last part of it you know it says there in the last part in verse 10 that we're not to love money and that if we covet money we're going to fail in our faith and the reason is this, because if we love money, we will start letting money make decisions for us instead of consulting God and asking Him, well, what do I do in this situation? And then we'll let money make the decision because we love money. And, it, and if we love God more, what we'll do is we'll go to God and we'll ask for direction and He'll tell us what to do in any situation. He'll tell us what to do and we'll make a good decision, we'll make a right decision. But if we love money, we'll let money make the decision for us and we'll make a wrong decision every time and that decision, wrong decisions always lead to failure, to destruction. 
And then what happens is the Christian usually ends up, you know, they're in failure, they're in destruction, they've, they've had a faith blowout, then they're mad at God and they're blaming God. And they let money make, decision, make the decision because they loved money. Amen. Loving it because you're fearful or loving it because you're greedy. Making, letting money make decisions, you'll make a wrong decision. Loving God first, you'll go to Him and say, Okay, Father, what do I do in this situation? He'll tell you exactly what to do. It's always going to be a good decision. It'll always bring life. It'll never lead to failure. But when money makes the decision, it'll always end up in failure. It'll end up in destruction. Okay, so that's why we have faith blowouts over money. Turn to Mark chapter 8, verse 36. So we're checking our motives tonight, making sure we love God and love His Word more than money. Mark 8. Because we're ready to prosper when we love God more than money. Amen? Ready to prosper. Ready for God to bless. Mark chapter 8, verse 36. See, you can, sometimes people, I just was quickened to mention this, you know, you can, you can let, um, you can let, um, you know, look at your bank balance, and it can say minus $350, and it can be a decision, you can let it make a decision. You say, money's not making a decision, I don't have any money. You can let that negative balance make a decision. As much as you could let a, a balance over here, you know, that was big. You could make, let that make a decision. So don't think just because there's no money that you can't be tempted to let money make a decision. You know, when God tells you to give something and then you begin to think, okay, let's see, what have I got to pay this week? You've already done gone and consulted something. You sh you're consulting money. You're consulting money. When God speaks and you know it. Now, we're not talking about some preacher hammering on you, which we don't do in this church, you know, or, or you know, some, uh, you know, we're going to go under if you don't, or even sometimes, we're not talking about your relatives borrowing money or begging for money. I tell you what, you wouldn't, telling relatives no does bothers me none. Don't be led by that. Ask the Holy Ghost. You've got a Holy Ghost inside of you. He says, give it, give it. He does, and hey, but listening to the Holy Ghost and obeying Him. Amen? And not, con not, uh, not consulting. Not consulting. Hallelujah. Not consulting money. Mark 8, verse 36. We're there now. Uh, it says... Uh, Find the verse. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? So what's the answer to that question? It's not a trick. Nothing. It wouldn't profit him anything, would it? So that one speaks for itself. So then turn to Romans 10, verse 9. we got to make Jesus Lord. We're going to go over to Romans 10, 9, where is where you make Jesus Lord at. Having our motives right. That's what we're talking about. Romans 10, 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. I want you to notice that. I, I hadn't really noticed that until recently. I think I might have even quoted it wrong. If, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Jesus. 
the Lord Jesus is what it says, not Jesus. Not just confessing Jesus, that Jesus is Savior, that Jesus died for your sins. But if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. See, to be saved, we call Jesus Lord. And Lord there, that word Lord, implies number one. Number one, it implies that Jesus is in the driver's seat, that Jesus calls the shots, and I am committed to his leadership. And you're ready to prosper when he's in the driver's seat, he calls the shots, and you're committed to his leadership. When his will differs from what I truly want to do, when his will differs from what I truly want to do, then if Jesus is Lord, then I'll submit and I will trust him. Amen? Submit and trust Him. True lordship is not just confession, but actions. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. We've kind of talked about this already, but I'll give you scripture for it. Proverbs 4, 23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep in our heart, guard in our heart every day, because these little, these little attitudes and stuff can sneak up on us, can't they? Little things can sneak up on us. We can have our heart all clear. And it has to me, you know, more than once, many times, where I would be very liberal. And then all of a sudden, I'd hear the Lord say, give something, and I'd feel my heart squeeze up. It's like, oh. You know, and so we just have to keep that constant check on our heart and, and, and don't, you know, and just keep, Father, forgive me. I felt that. I felt myself not wanting to be... To, to obey right then. I felt myself not want, being quick to obey. I felt my heart just squeeze up. I felt myself with a little fear there. So, Father, and you know, just making those little adjustments, just always fine-tuning. Amen? Keeping our heart, guarding our heart. Because, see, we can't afford to let it go. Because it'll get bigger. It'll get bigger. It, you, you, your heart can it just back, finally get to the point where it kind of just nearly locks down on you, where, where you, God can't use you at all. He can't, you know, you won't obey Him. You won't obey Him in the little things, Some, you know, for whatever reason. And that's what Kevin and, uh, has been, and was trying to get us to do, even by the unction of the Holy Ghost, to, to run when the Holy Spirit says run, and to dance when the Holy Spirit, through the pastor, through the the man of God through the speaker or, or just when there's unction there to obey and obey quickly. Family, it has everything to do with our prosperity because it keeps our heart real tender, real pliable. It keeps us, it just keeps us soft. It keeps us without pride. You know, pride can slip in so fast. We can go from being just wild rolling in the floor and then I have done this myself where all of a sudden the next service I felt so stiff didn't have the liberty that I had before. So I got to keep this constant going on me to stay at liberty, don't I? And the same with finances. I got to stay at liberty all the time where my heart doesn't ever get stingy or greedy or covetous or, or those things, okay? We're talking, we're going to talk now about uh, um, uh, covetousness. Um, but first of all, let me say one more thing about that. Uh, you know, a lot of people start off right, but they don't end up right. And that's why God says, guard your heart. Check your heart and guard it. Because you can start off right and not end up right. 
And we want to end right too, don't we? And another thing that we need to do to keep our heart guarded is to make sure we stay contented. Now, we talked about contentment at length uh, a while ago. Discontent people are not prosperous no matter how much money they have. If we're discontent, we're not prosperous. And so we might as well learn to be content now with whatever you have, learn to be content. Now, contentment is not an excuse not to use faith. You should be believing God for more, better increase. Of it. No matter, always be believing God for increase. Because you can always do more for God. So always be believing Him for more. You can always be a better demonstration, can't you? Hallelujah. But contentment is being blessed, thankful, with hope for the future, but peace for today, enjoying and taking care of what you have. I'll say that again. Contentment is being blessed, thankful, Blessed and thankful with hope for the future, but peace for today, enjoying and taking care of what you have. That's contentment. Contentment is not, oh, I hate this old car, this old rattle-trap piece of junk. See, that's not contentment. It doesn't glorify God. We need to be thankful for what we have. Amen. Amen. Not, con- not, not satisfied, but content. Pe- at peace today. At peace today. At peace today, but believe in God for a new car all the way. Amen? Okay. And now we're going to talk about greed and covetousness. Greed means eager for base gain or greedy for money. Covetous means to have an unjust, to have unjust or dishonest gain. To be eager for gain and money by wrongful and unrighteous, unethical or violent means. To obtain wealth at any cost. Selfishness ungodly methods are stepping on people is a sign of covetousness and greed. Let me tell you those three signs again. Selfishness is a sign of covetousness and greed. If you are selfish, you're covetous. If you you use ungodly methods to get wealth. Now that's usually not the case in the church, but it could be. Stepping on people is a sign of covetousness and greed. That happens in the church. Sometimes people want to step on others you know, in order to be in leadership and stuff. That's covetousness. You can be covetous and not have anything to do with money, can't you? It can be to do with power. And so uh, uh, those are signs of covetousness, and we need to deal with ourselves on those things. Don't allow yourself. If you, have a, if you feel selfish, if you, if you sense you're selfish and God shows you, deal with yourself. I was the most selfish little girl. I was the only child. Boy, if my parents' friends came over, I hid my Barbies. Didn't want their kids playing with my Barbies. I hit them so they couldn't find them. I was selfish. And I lived next door to a boy that was an only child. So we were selfish and selfish, lived next door to each other. Only he was really a brat. I mean, he was bad. He was a violent brat. (laughs) He was. I was disciplined. My parents disciplined me. But you know, we have those things in us sometimes for whatever reason. Amen. So what do we, 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 we got to deal with those things. Are we selfish? Sometimes we can be real selfish with our time. I knew a lady that was so selfish. She worked five days a week and she was like, don't touch her Saturday. Saturdays are sacred. Don't you dare touch my Saturday. See, we can be selfish over funny things, can't we? 
Amen. I was so selfish when Colin was a baby. You know, oh, you should have seen all the clothes. You've never seen so many clothes. I had this thing about buying this kid clothes. He just had so many clothes. Clothes, 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 clothes. That's all I did was buy him clothes. That's how I entertained myself was buy him clothes. He had the nicest clothes from the nicest stores. And he had so many of them that when he, I would pack them then. I didn't give them away. Lord, I didn't give them away. When he outgrew them, I packed them in plastic. I bought plastic trash cans. And I had them labeled 18 months, two toddler, three. I had them. And I, I don't know. I was selfish. I was I was just like, no, I wouldn't let anybody have those clothes. And so I saved them for five and a half years between kids. And it's funny because they were out of style. Because when Colin was a little boy, bell bottoms were in style. <laughs> and then when they got to Eric, bell bottoms were out of style. It's like, oh, what a waste. What a waste. What a waste. Selfish. Selfish. And I was, I was even saved. I wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost, but I was saved. Amen. But selfish. We need to find out if we're selfish. Amen. Okay, because we're not ready to prosper like God wants us to if we're selfish, okay? Uh, Proverbs 28, 16. I want to give you this verse and we're winding down. I want to give you this one. No, we have this picture of Colin. It's hanging in the hallway still. It was at Easter. Had a full-length picture of him made. And David Webb walked by it one day, and he said to Colin, he said, nice disco pants. <laughs> Colin's embarrassed by the picture, but because they were, you know, kind of, anyway, disco pants. It was cute. It was really cute. The print, um, Proverbs 28, verse 16. That don't look right, does it? Hmm? Oh, that's it. That's it. The prince that wanteth understanding is also a great oppressor, but he that hateth covetousness shall prolong his days. Long life. Long life for hating covetousness. Long life. Hallelujah. Well, that's an easy way to get long life, isn't it? Just hate covetousness. Praise God. So I want to give you some stuff right now. We're going to go, but why? let me tell you what God's motives are for wanting you to prosper. And this won't take but a minute. Number one, God loves you and wants you to be blessed. God loves you. He wants you to prosper just because He loves you. He loves you. He's a good Father. He wants you to be blessed. Number two, God doesn't want His children to experience any lack. He's a good Father. goes back to how much He loves you and being a good Father, just like you don't want your kids to have lack. It breaks your heart when your kids don't have something. Amen? And it breaks his heart when you have lack. He doesn't like it. He won't, his, his motive is for you to prosper. Number three, God wants you to pass blessings and righteousness down to your children. He wants you to pass blessings and righteousness down to your children. You prosper and be such a blessing to your kids, it's going to be real hard for them to want to go serve the devil. Amen. Number four, God wants to bless others through you. We know that. Number five, He wants you to finance a worldwide harvest. Amen. Number six, He wants you to demonstrate the goodness of God to ungodly nations. And that nations means people groups. He wants you to demonstrate the goodness of God. 
God wants, number seven, God wants to multiply your time. He wants you to prosper so he can multiply your time. You'll have more time the more money you have. You can hire some stuff done. Real simple. You can hire your house clean. Amen. You can hire your house clean. You can hire your yard work done. You can hire, uh, you can uh, eat out more. Uh, let's see. Just, you can, that might not be healthy, so we won't say that. Uh, you could hire a cook, I guess. Hey, we're talking. Hey, you can, you'll have more time. God wants to multiply your time. Amen. He wants you to have more time. Yeah, that's one way he'll redeem time for you. You know, uh, if you fly somewhere, you'll save time, won't you? Amen. You'll save time. You can get more done for the gospel. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And number eight, God wants to use you to show a picture of heaven in the earth. He wants to show people what heaven looks like, and he wants to use you. Amen. You know, you've all heard stories like uh, Jerry, I was listening to Jerry Savelle today, and he said, you know, all the Christians he knew were broke and sour and, and not happy, and he didn't want to be a Christian just because of that. Just because of that. Now, the first time he saw, he heard Kenneth Copeland preach, and somebody that wasn't broke and sour, amen, well, then he wanted to be. It's real simple. Amen. Praise God. Well, let's stand together.